That's the new lamp. It looks nice. <laughs> How much you spend on it? Okay, it's not that bad. How is this? But <laughs> it's bright. It's like weird. But it's from the one we had before. It was like that. The effect that you, it was nice. It brought that light. Like we, now I just feel like we're under a fucking, we're ants under a light bulb. Where should I leave it? Just put it on the floor. I think it should be fine on the floor. You don't like it at all. I like the look of it. I think it fits our. It fits the room. It fits, it fits the, the room and the, the way you want to record, but when you turn it on, you go fucking blind, so. Yeah, it's the type when you want to wake somebody up and you go up to them and you just fucking. Flash it in their eyes, stop. That's the new lamp for you guys. For us, it was for us. It was supposed to look good in the fuck. I was excited to see how, what it would fucking how it would fucking light up the room, but I guess that was fucking room. But no, it's cool. It's all right. You spent 20 bucks, so I owe you 10. You don't owe me anything. I bought the lamp. Okay, well, fuck. It's our recording room. I thought I would give you 10 bucks. We're back. We did our month apart, but we have two bigger plans to do another. So we're doing this new recording way precautiously. We're being careful. Yeah. But we got to make these episodes happen. The show must go on. Yep. Fuck it. We Too need many to good shows planned. Big things coming. Today's episode, as you know, Outcast Dissected. Tomorrow is Halloween, October 31st. Stanconi will turn 20 tomorrow. So get dressed up. Listen to Stanconia tomorrow. Fucking... This is huge. Yeah. In a few weeks from now, we have uh, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy turning 10. We're giving you Kanye Dissected in two episodes. Something we've wanted to do for a long time. Mr. President. Yeah. So it actually, it might be more to tribute his uh, run up, his, his Pre- presidency <laughs> than the anniversary of the album. Uh, if that's still going on. When those episodes come out, and then in December, we have Jay-Z dissected because Jay-Z turns 51 and everyone loves 51st birthdays. We, so shouldn't have, we should have done it last year, no? Oh, we didn't have this template yet, but... Why not fucking do it, right? It's the first year in his new... It's like his, a good it, luck it, year. Yeah, 51. So yeah. um, it's the first year, like, in your second half of, the, of your century. Um, so yeah, Jay-Z dissected for uh, December 4th, which lands on a Friday this year, I believe. Um, you want to get started? Yeah, let's do it. been in my head for like the last month which? like for real for real i'm being 100 percent honest which and i'm thinking about going to listen to his discography seal uh kiss from a rose <laughs> and i'm not kidding that song and i play it almost every day for my daughter it's a great fucking song mm. you like that song i don't mind it it's a fucking good song it's a very funny well it's a pretty it's corny as fuck 
Let's seal, man. I learned to play that song on guitar when I started talking to my wife. Really? To impress her. Oh, that's fun. Apparently it works. <laughs> that's a, it's a really good song. Later. My daughter likes it, so it's a good song. Um, we have a month worth of new releases to cover, discuss, talk about before we get started on Outcast Stanconia 20. Outcast Dissected. We missed a lot of new releases. Yeah, there's, there was a bunch. Uh, you want to start with yours? You want me to start with mine? Uh, go with yours. I'm still trying to figure out what actually came out when, to be honest with you. Okay, I've got Matt Berninger, Serpentine Prison, singer for the National, first solo album. Um, good album. It's not the National. These guys work best together. Give it a listen. Jeff Tweedy, Love is the King. Mm-hmm. Third solo album, fourth really, because he did, he split the second and third as one release. Um, Love is a King, very much a quarantine vibes, talking about current situations, very relevant, well, very relevant, of course, it's it's about shit going on right now, if you want to reflect on these times with a good album, Jeff Tweedy, Love is a King, that one I like a lot. Adrian Lenker. Uh, singer for Big Thief released a solo album. I think it's called Songs Instrumentals. So there's a one disc of songs and then a disc of those instrumentals. Very good. Still love Big Thief a lot. So it's within the same idea. Bruce Springsteen, new album. Get Out. Yeah. it's uh, It comes with a movie as well. Um, I didn't watch the movie. I skimmed through the album. It's good. It's not... I mean, it's new Springsteen. So... If you're interested, check it out. Hmm. And the release I want to talk about a bit more is Gorilla's Song Machine Season 1. Very, very, very interesting project from Gorilla's. Um, over the past little while, since they released their album Humans in, I think it was 2017, they released another album called The Now Now in 2018. They toured for both. They started doing things a little unlike Gorilla's normally would. Usually you get a Gorillaz album every five years and then a collection of B-sides or extras. Mm -hmm. Rarely do they tour their albums. You got two tours for these albums. So it was a, it was very, Gorillaz were a bit everywhere, I'd say. Now in 2020 with Song Machine Season 1, at the beginning of the year, they started releasing singles under this Song Machine uh, concept. Um, the first song was with Slow Tie. The second one was with uh, I forget what the second song they released one. Then there was one with Schoolboy Q, Robert Smith of The Cure. Yeah, you told me to go hear that one. So, oh, one was with uh, Peter Hook of uh, of um, Joy Division, New Order. Anyways, as they release these songs, you kind of get, um, like well, once a month, they eventually announce that they're going to release this as an album. It's an 11-song album. There's a deluxe edition that is, I think, 17 songs, or it's a, a bit longer. Uh, they stepped away from the concepts with this. They went for more standalone songs. So you get a song with Robert Smith. Every song has a guest. Opening track, Strange Times, Robert Smith. The Valley of the Pagans featuring Beck. Uh, Schoolboy Q is on track four, Pac-Man. St. Vincent is on the album. Elton John and Black on the same song. Peter Hook, as I said, from Joy Division and uh, New Order on this album. This has to be the best set of guests Gorilla's ever got on a recording. 
I'm going to go ahead and say this. I never heard something this good from them since Plastic Beach. At first, I was unsure. Yeah, because I texted you like the day after and you told yeah. me you were not sure. So because I think they went for a different type of release, standalone songs and then compiling them for an album, I didn't know where I stood. But I mean, it's new times. It's strange times, as the opening track suggests. Gorillas are doing it differently. As they said on some of the radio shows they did promoting, they went for a different approach. There's no concept. It works. Sounds good. I'm in. Sometimes no concept is better for you. Like, not I'm yeah. talking about you, but I'm talking about the yeah. artist. You, you have more freedom to do exactly. whatever you want. Especially, like I said, for a thing like Gorillaz that comes around every five, six years and, and comes like the Demon Days concept. Then there was a five-year wait. Plastic mm-hmm. Beach was a massive concept album. Super good album, too. Yeah. Then Humans came out uh, seven years after that. Jesus. So they all had concept. But once Humans came out, it was kind of like the idea was tired. It didn't work anymore in today's music age. This works. I'm in. I, I like this Grills album a lot. I'm feeling like an 8 on 10 maybe for it. Wow. Yeah, I really like it. I'm actually happy because when you texted me and you told me that you weren't sure, I was like, fuck, he doesn't like a Gorillaz album. And I was like, what did they do with this? But again, you need to listen to an album more than once to really understand what's going on. And yeah. that's, and you know what? The concept thing is, it, it's good that they're not doing that. It probably sounds better for them. And there's so much less hip hop artists on this. There, no, there's a lot. There is? I didn't, I didn't necessarily mention them. I'm not too familiar with some of them. Octavian, Kano. No idea. There's a lot of like Brit stuff. Oh, that's cool. I know Kano is like a like a longtime collaborator with Dizzy Rascal. So that's JPEG so Mafia. So they yeah. on the song. So they went outside Gold of the box. Link. Yeah, yeah, you don't know for sure. Well, they well they always kept us on the last track, the bonus track. They always kind of have a lot of like UK hip hop artists. Mm-hmm. But I got to be honest, when it comes to Gorillaz, I mean, when you see Robert Smith on the opening track, from the Cure, like, I'm sold. Mm-hmm. St. Vincent. Even Elton John was interesting to see in this kind of context. And it works. It's a really good album. I don't know what we spoke about last episode and which albums I was talking about. But for hip-hop, uh, 21 Savage, Metro Booming, Savage Mode 2. Did you get a chance to listen to it? I didn't. I didn't hear the best things. And to be honest, with all the releases that I did mention, I, I paid more attention to those. I kept it for later. Super well done album. Okay. Mature. Mm-hmm. Uh, stepped out of his same flow throughout the whole album. You know what I mean? Like, you know, it's it's kind of redundant with some artists like that. So he changed up his flow a few times, which was great. Uh, the Morgan Freeman aspect with the skits in between album was super cool. Yeah. The beats, there was a lot more to the beats. It wasn't always the same loops and the same drums and the same thing going on throughout everything. It was actually well done. Uh-huh. I, was, I, I liked it. I enjoyed it. Okay. Uh, what else came out? There was uh, Smoke Dizza, Homegrown. I listened to it once. Not that bad. Uh, West Side Gun, uh, Who Made the Sunshine. Not his best. Still good. Uh, I, I enjoyed it. There's some amazing songs on there. I think the standout tracks, and you'll probably agree with me, is the one with Slick Rick. Yeah. I, you know what? I, I, I know a lot of people think I don't... Well, I don't... I'm not a huge fan of this stuff. I gave this one a listen. Yeah, I know. You told me, you texted me that morning and you said that you listened yeah. to it. Uh, again, it's not his best, but it, 
it's still good. I just want to point out one thing, though, and it's something that I said to you by text. Mm -hmm. Even as not a fan, and having heard Fly God and parts of Pray for Paris, I instantly knew this could not be his best work. But when when I listen to it, like there's some amazing tracks on here. Okay. Like the 98 Sabres. Yeah, that was a good one. The produced by uh, Just Blaze. That was a great hockey team. Uh, 98 Sabres, the jersey too is fucking amazing. Huh. Uh, Ocean Prime with Slick Rick and Busta Rhymes. Uh, Big Bashas, which was fucking good. Like there's some good songs. And I think what could have been done better on this album was the way he put his songs together. Mm. Like maybe just the structure of the songs. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, but it's still good. Uh, he, he put out, this is his third project this year. Uh, what else came out? Uh, fuck, why am I all the way down here? Uh, something else that came out. I'm not going to spend too much time on it. I don't want to spend too much time on it because I'll spend probably a lot more time on it uh, in the top list of the year. But uh, Benny the Butcher and Hip Boy, Burden of Proof. Not going to say anything. I, I, I just, I'm, I'm, I'm at that point where I'm just going to wait. Okay. I think I need you to listen to it. Okay, I'll go hear that. Uh, and understand why I'm not talking about it right now. And I don't want to talk about it. It's just, you don't want a quick review? Like I, I, don't want a, I, I don't want a quick review because I just want, I just, I know I'm annoying with the, the whole Griselda camp and all the stuff that comes out and people say, oh, he's talking Griselda again. Oh, I just, <laughs> and you know what? Some people might be right, but I just need people to just understand <laughs> the quality of music that's coming out from these guys and people that put out like two, three projects a year get redundant and it gets annoying mm -hmm. and it's always the same i just please just go listen to this album and then we'll talk about it at the end of the year uh minor releases for today that could interest me i have andrew bird and elvis costello I might check those two out see what, what's up with that mm -hmm. andrew bird's been on fargo season five season four really In a pretty big role yeah new album by him his last album was quite good. Elvis Costello is Elvis Costello. We'll check it out for fun. You? Did you have any other old albums to talk about? Well, or? I was. I just thought of it now. Willie the Kid, Capital Gains. Fucking good album. It's eight songs. Production from Alchemist. Uh, such amazing wordplay on it, too. It's not a long album. It's like a 20-minute album. But fuck, if you want some new hip-hop, if you like the same things like Action Bronson... Rock Marciano, please go listen to Willie the Kid, Capital Gains. Super well done. We didn't review Action Bronson, actually, if you want to talk about that real quick. We didn't review Action Bronson? I, I, we spoke something about it. I enjoyed Action Bronson, only for dolphins. It was fun. It's, it, was, it wasn't too... It wasn't like the other stuff he came out with. It was more mellow. Yeah. The beats were more like... Solely jazzy, low-key... Yeah, well, we say that same music. thing all the time about him, though. Like, we don't need to be... It doesn't need to be over the top, and it doesn't need to blow us away. It just needs to be good. And I found that some of his rapping on this was some of his best yeah. rapping. Yeah, I don't agree with all the beats, but I agree that his rapping was good. Do you find that it was too low-key at some points, and that you needed a more upbeat-type tempo? Maybe. I think Lime Over Rice was one of his best projects. 
fully produced I, by Alchemist. Yeah, I was expecting maybe a bit more of that, even mm-hmm. though it wasn't fully produced by Alchemist this time around. I was expecting that. I I enjoyed it. It's it. I'm excited to find to own that on on CD. Yeah, I'm gonna pick it up for sure. I like 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 I said, I don't need to be blown away with Bronson albums. No, you won't be blown away with Bronson album. You just gotta listen to what he says, and you know what? His music is fun. Can another rapper blow us away this week? We have a big new release to talk about. Okay, it's not. I mean, to the people listening, it's not that big. But to people like me, you, some people I know, some friends I know, this is what ten years we've been waiting. We've been, we've been told it was coming for ten years. And then every year a single came out. And then another project came out. Which was a mixtape. And it was never very good. One was on. One was. One was Thank You yeah. Something, and the other one was The Dragon. That one was on Google only? No, this was before. Yeah, there was one on Google. That one. With a big dragon on the cover? No. It was the album that was on. But there was projects that came yeah, out. Yeah, they were, they're not worth no. even remembering the name for, apparently. Year of the Dragon. Okay. And then there was a mixtape. Then there was a mixtape with Q-Tip. Yeah. And then he was on the Tribe Called Quest album. Yeah, and then there was a fuck ton of singles. There was one single that actually came out in 2011 before I started dating my wife, featuring Chris Brown, where mm-hmm. they're on an airplane, and they're just rapping super fast, and then something happens with the airplane. That was fucking good. It was a really good track. You can't even find it on YouTube anymore. This, this track just disappeared from all streaming platforms, YouTube, and Wikipedia. And fucking iTunes. But yes, all this weight. And we finally have a track list. We finally have probably the best album cover of all time. <laughs> Buster Rhymes, ELE2. I don't know what to expect. You don't know what to expect. Are you excited? I described it as Cuban Links. Two? It's the same exact release. We waited 10 years. It came out with ugly album cover, ugly casing, ugly artwork. And it ended up being really good. Maybe this will be really good. Well, Cuba Links 2 is... Yeah, but I have a very, very firm opinion on it's not because you name your album Classic two. Album Part 2 that it'll be as good. Well, the album cover... You said it best. It's like a mixtape album cover. Yeah, it looks like so. It looks. I don't know. It's time why there has to be a skeleton or whatever it is. Oh, I just it. find it looks like homemade. I don't like the thing with the, with the mask on it. Just because we have COVID doesn't mean I've been waiting ten years to for COVID to happen for you to release your fucking album. Maybe it plays a good part. I don't know. Yeah. Because at the end of the world, I but guess. this Buster Rhymes album number one, it already lost a point for me. Because you hate the single. I hate the single with Vibes Cartel. It's, f- it's. <laughs> I don't understand how that's your first single, after you put out about ten amazing singles that sh- are sound like singles to a song where I don't understand what you're saying. But you saw the guy, right? This this is the guy that was pushing OT Genesis. Look, I like the track list. I like that there's MOP. I like that there's Kendrick Lamar. I like that there's Mary J. Blige. Mary J. Blige. There's, I don't know why Mariah Carey is there, but it's fine. We'll see. Uh, there's that ODB 
thing, which is probably a sample or him just talking. Yeah. Of, and we'll see. ELE 2. We've got a big episode planned. we got to get it started. We're already... 25 minutes in, huh? Almost, yeah. If you guys hate that we take so long to get the thing started, let us know. <laughs> it probably isn't going to change a thing, but here we go. Outcast dissected tomorrow. Outcast Sanconia turns 20 on October 31st. Halloween. Uh, Outcast are, were, are they a group or were they a group? They're still a group. The name Outcast is a group. But do they still, are they still a group? Well, they don't really perform as they, one. No, they've gone on tour as one in 2014. Okay, so Outcast are a hip hop duo from East Point, Georgia, suburb located southwest of Atlanta. The group formed in 1992 and consists of rappers Andre 3000 and Big Boy. Outcasts are most recognized for their particular sound and style, fusing southern hip hop with musical genres of all sorts, really. Uh, among other genres, they touch everything from funk, techno, rock, jazz, even country in some instances. The group found success both commercially and critically in the mid-90s. That pretty much carried out until their last music release in 2006, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Um, in 2014, Outkast headlined much of the festival circuit, celebrating their 20th anniversary as a group. Uh, that series of reunion performances, often referred to as Outkast 20, were the only ones by the group since their hiatus in 2007. Throughout their career, they've been nominated for 16 Grammy Awards, having won six. They sold over 25 million albums combined from their six studio albums and Greatest Hits compilation. They are one of the most influential hip-hop groups of all time, if not the most influential for sure. And Outkast have a total of four albums on the all-time podcast's 100 Greatest Hip-Hop Albums of All Time totaling more than any other artist on that list. Uh, their debut album, we don't really have to talk too much about their early stuff. I mean, did they have... Is there anything before the release of their first album that's very important to mention? No. Nothing. The only thing I know before that is that they used to just rap at school, freestyle, and stuff like that, and then decided to become a group together. They were pursued by Organized Noise. Yes. Um... Their first single, their first single, "Players Ball," was released in '93. And there's something very interesting about that song, "Players Ball." Let's hear it. It was actually uh, they were asked to make a Christmas song. Yeah. For LaFace Records, LaFace, whatever, um, and they were organized noise, which consists of Rico Wade, Ray Murray, and Sleepy Brown. They are. The producers, yeah, for Outcast, yeah. and we'll we'll get into them as the albums go on. Mm-hmm. But they they discovered they discovered them, and they were asked for Outcast to make a Christmas song for a hip hop Christmas album, but they never they didn't have an album out yet. Yeah, so they made Players Ball, right, which was a Christmas album, a uh, Christmas song. Intended to be. Intended to be, but was made in their own way because where they were from, there was nothing about Christmas. There was yeah. no Christmas trees. Uh, there was no decorations. There was none of that. So they did it in their own way, in their own Atlanta, Georgia, Dirty South way, which was super cool. And when you listen to the song, yeah. you hear Big Boy and Andre say just 
specific little small things about Christmas. So that song hit number one on Billboard's Hot Rap Tracks. The sound that it had was what what drove the single, really. Mm -hmm. Live instrumentation. Something that is still not very common in hip-hop. Nope. This is something that Outkast did. Minimal sampling, live instrumentation. Instant hit. It's something that organized noise as producers played the live instruments. And before we get into the next thing, these guys worked out of a basement. Mm -hmm. A basement probably maybe two times this room. Maybe this room in your kitchen with no ceiling, pipes everywhere. Them just in a basement playing with music, making music as young teenagers so just think of the think of it you're recording your first album you you guys are just smoking weed and playing with live instruments and rapping Mm -hmm. and what comes out of it making music and what just came out of it 1994 southern playlist to cadillac music for me go for to me it blows my mind how these guys worked in a basement and hip-hop was always samples, mm-hmm. scratching. Mm-hmm. We can go on the, down the list. Most great bands don't have the equipment to record great albums. So I, I, I totally see how this happened. For me, this album is the gold standard for bass lines and grooves in hip-hop songs. I find that this album is the chronic of Atlanta. I couldn't agree with you more. And I'm not saying because the album is as good as The Chronic, because it isn't. No. The Chronic is... It's two a, different uh, things. Yeah. Um, production, musicality, funkiness, the vibe overall. I think this is as close as the South ever gets to that. Mm-hmm. And it's very obvious Dre's production on The Chronic heavily influenced this. The use of guitars, the 808 drum, the bass lines. I can't say bass lines enough about... Southern playlist of Catholic music. Well, this hall had funk and soul elements. Yeah. And the South was... Nobody was listening to the South in 1994. Let's be honest with each other. We had the 8-Ball and MJGs before. We had the UGKs. We had the groups before this, but not like Outkast. They were not using the same elements that Outkast were using. Mm -hmm. They might have used the soul and a bit of the funk, but the live instrumentations is what brought this album together. It's the core of the album. Yeah. And just look, just look at the fucking rapping ability of these guys. Yeah. And you know, to me, who stood out most on this album is, is Big Boy. I agree with you. Like, Big Boy's flow in this is just perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Like... I can't agree with that. Any, like, and, I'm entirely on board with that. And... I was listening to this one on on the way in because I just wanted to get more of the vibe to it. It was it's more of a driving album when you listen to it. Mm-hmm. Okay. How these guys would rap at such a young age and at such an early time in '90s hip hop, mm-hmm. and you try and compare them other groups in the South. It was it kind of sounds so southern but at the same time it's like these guys are rapping like new york you know what i mean like their flows are different yeah. but they're 
the the rhyming. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah, yeah. some people would look to the West and be like, it's just gang banging, it's just gangster rap. Mm-hmm. Looking to the South, oh, they're not even on the map. They're nowhere close to New York. But these guys were fucking rapping like they were spitting like you know the way we say bars 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 yeah they were doing this on this album they were talking about growing up in atlanta basically what this album is is like and you and you hear the girl on the album she's uh she's talking to you about she's like a tour guide on the album right uh-huh they they're explaining to you what atlanta georgia is we're living in here how they grew up what they did in school what they do what they have to go through. You know that these guys were 18 when they released this? Really? Well, teenagers. 18 is teenagers? I mean... It's the end of your teenage years. It's our adult up north, but they were 16 when they started together in in 92. Yeah, so teenagers. They were very young adults, let's say. When this album... When this album came out, I was four years old. When I hear (laughs) this album and I hear... This type of maturity and this type of, um, this type of ability on an album. You said the right word, Steve. And I'm not just saying in terms of the lyrics, because like you said, the lyrics were always very, very, very different from everyone else. Mm-hmm. They'll continue to be throughout. But the way the music is made, this type of maturity, this level of, the way this product just put gets put out. Mm-hmm. More ahead of their time than this, never, no, nobody in no. hip hop, no, ever, uh, absolutely not. And like a young, big boy at 16 to 18 years old, rapping like that, nuts, it's crazy, it's crazy. And the way, like, breaking up his words like that, and he would rhyme words that wouldn't rhyme, he would make them rhyme. I don't know if you heard that on this project, yeah. but. He's like really playing with his words. Mm-hmm. And the technicality of him is just beyond great. And then you have Andre 3000 where you could tell that he's amazing and that he's going to be even better. He doesn't shine as much as Big Boy. But you could start seeing that he is going to be different into the group. There's also something I want to point out that's like like and you say like they were young guys starting to rap like this the way they were rapping the people they were working with organized noise were older guys in them yeah so the people that they were working with they were they were well surrounded Mm -hmm. well there was also goody mob this is the first time you hear goody mob uh CeeLo green get up get out no actually on call of the wild they were all and well and get up get out but but call of the wild call of the wild did you did you ever hear how hard that song hits. Yeah, yeah. The beat. And and you have all of Goody Mob on there and fucking them and then Big Boy rapping after this guy and then fucking Andre comes in is and you have no idea who these guys are. From the South. The second uh, single off this album, Southern Player Listed Cadillac Music, came out like months after this album released. Mm-hmm. So the first single came out months before. The second single months after the title track. That to me is hands down the best bass line in <laughs> all of hip hop. That's that's big saying that, but you're on point. The live instruments makes a difference. This is a very early 
outcast stuff, things are going to change for this group, as everyone knows who's been listening to them. What do you give this album on 10? I give this album on 10. Fuck, this is going to be the craziest ratings, huh? This album on 10 is a 9. Same for me, 9 on 10. Uh, and something I want to add before, because we're going to get into the next album, right? Yeah. The Source Awards. Yeah. 1995. Yeah. Outcast won for Best New Group, yes. Artist, Slash Group, whatever. I'm going to repeat myself. Outcast won at the Source Awards for Best New Group Slash Artist. When they won, they went onto that stage to accept the award and were booed. Booed. Yeah. They were in New York City. West Coast and East Coast rap were being glorified. People wanted to hear that. So these new guys from the South, nobody cared about the South music. Don't forget that after these guys put out a classic album, 1995, nobody gave two fucks about the South. It's it's very interesting you say that because they went certified platinum with this. Mm -hmm. So somebody did somewhat give a fuck. Um, the South is big, though. Well, they're, they're, having gone platinum, they now have the means to record their next album. Mm -hmm. Do you want to talk about the next album right away? The next album, 1996, AT Aliens. You know how I used to feel about this album when we first started being friends. Yeah. I loved, I thought this was their best album. Yeah. I, and when I still listen to it, I still get the same effect uh -huh. because I love the transition. Okay. From Southern Playlistic to Aetheons. Fucking love the transition. Steve, they've gone to being sounding so Southern to doing something totally different. Yeah. The, the sounds changes. The vibe to this album is very... Well, eight aliens, aliens. It's 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 very spacey. Extraterrestrial, spacey sounds. They used a lot of gospel influence mm -hmm. in here. They used a lot of dub music, psychedelic yeah. rock. Okay, here and there, yeah, I see it. A lot more keys, and this was their first attempt for them to produce their own music as well. To me, AT Aliens is very much the opposite of what it was to you. I understand why a lot of people would say this is maybe their best album, but to me, it's very much not their best album. For me, the highlights here are too obvious. It's two dope boys, AT Aliens, Elevators, and the only deep cuts I enjoy, Mainstream and Millennium. I see this really as a transitional album. Huge transition, for sure. Because now, the, the, the body of work is a little more consistent Mind you, Southern Playlistic Cadillac music is very consistent. <laughs> but AT Aliens is a step in their new direction in what Outcast is going to sound like in the future. It has a sound. It has a feeling. There's a vibe to the album. But a lot of the songs on here I find sound like the others. You said gospel. All those songs sound the same to me. It's all darker the too. Yeah, all the dark sounds, all the lo-fi songs sound the same to me. Even those hits, AT Aliens, Two Dope Boys... They're similar sounding. For me, this is not 
and unfortunately nowhere near their best work. When I listen to this album, I find like the, the things you said are very clear, but I find that when you transition so much the way you do and you play around with your sound a lot more, you I feel like they're more comfortable in the in this sound in AT Aliens. I found they were it, they had there was more catchy as well. It was more uh, Southern playlist to get you know, catchy though. It is, but I found this one was cleaner catchiness. Okay. Uh, the beats on this, I loved. Well, all the songs I like are the catchy ones, I'd say. Yeah. Go ahead with the beats. I like the darkness of like Decatur, Psalm, uh, Babylon. Uh, yeah, Babylon's all right. Uh, Over the Woods. See, I don't like, I don't like, I find that song filler. How come though? Like, I've, you don't find that these songs, one after another, just flow into the next one and makes up. Well, here's the thing. Eventually, we'll get to it in this episode, but I think when you get into Outcast determines what you're going to like most. If you heard this at the time, it sounds different enough from Southern Playlistic from everything you're listening to. But if you hear future Outcast before this, this is kind of... Southern Playlistic Cadillac Music will always be their roots. Mm -hmm. But Eight Aliens being a transitional album into great albums to come loses its value. When you compare to the next release, when you when you dig into the next releases and you start learning more about Outcast, you start to understand, and I That's totally it. agree with you. But because Southern Playlist of Music is its own sound, but so it's is its debut. But when you get into the transition of the second out, like in 1996, I don't understand how people like this album. You're right. Yes, I would think right. that people would detest them coming out an album like this. If you're from the South or you're from New York or you're from the West Coast, you kind of find this is weird sounding like this. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Big Boy said it best. Coming up from the South, the AT Aliens ain't changed. So they didn't change. They just musically were more comfortable in their own skin. But they, yeah, but they did kind of change. But but they still... The entire sound of this album is nothing like the debut. No, but they, they kind of to them for their mindset is we're doing what we want to do. We're not changing. We're doing this is our sound. Nobody's doing our sound. So them that's true. Them nobody's doing what they do. So them transitioning to this is just them being them. They're not doing music for what po people want to hear. That's fair. They're doing That's a very fair argument. They're not doing it for anybody. They're doing But the sound them. did change. And I don't understand how people liked this when it came out. I don't either. And it's like fucking double platinum. They did. You look at it and you're like, they did this shit again. Shortly after this album, they're going to release another. Yeah. Two years later. Two years later, Aquemini. Uh, what do you give AT Aliens on 10? We forgot that. What do I give AT Aliens on? 10? Uh, nine. Okay. You? Seven. Jesus. Whoa, that was a drop. It's fine. It's a transitional album. It's fine. I, I think if you like Outcast as Outcast, it's one of their weaker efforts because Southern Playlistic is the origins. AT Aliens is a stepping stone. It's a transitional album into Outcast as we know it. Let's say 
Outcasts would have never put out anything after this. And they would have came out with Center Playlistic and AT Aliens. How would you feel about AT Aliens? It would be the album I like less than Southern Playlistic. And I would maybe understand why they didn't continue. But so you, it doesn't change? No. Your opinion on this? No, it doesn't. Okay. I find there's too much filler. There's too much monotone. There's too much. It's so lo fi that it's boring at times. So you find. Okay. It, 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 it's really a transitional album for me. If, if you don't get what comes next, you can't fully appreciate this, I find. Okay. Good points. 98 or Kwamenai. Two years later. We both agreed that this was in our top 10 favorite hip-hop albums of all time when we wrapped up season mm-hmm. one. This, this to me is their masterpiece. This to me is when you want to make an album, you need to put this on to understand what they did, what they were doing. What This is probably one of the biggest influential hip-hop albums of all time. Yep. So, the body of work, this is a pure body of work. This is a complete body of work. This is where you don't miss a step when you're making music. I find that from beginning to end, it takes you on a journey. Yeah. Like, I... I, Steve, I don't know, know any other ways of what to say about this album. We could we could go deeper and start talking about, like again, they were self-producing all this, all the music, uh-huh. uh, a lot of it, um, a lot of more instrumentation, live instrumentation once again. George Clinton. George Clinton. They actually recorded this in Bobby Brown's studio. Mm-hmm. Uh, if that makes a difference, George Clinton. Talk about George Clinton. Well, a lot of the instrumentation on this, bringing in the electric guitars on songs at the end, like Chunky Fire, or like just those fuck that's Spadiori Dopalicious, like that's just funkadelic. The whole essence of that is funkadelic. Is George Clinton. A lot of different musicians yeah. incorporated yeah. into the album. Uh, I'm, I'm going to ask you this, mm-hmm. because this is for you to go off here. But we got skewed on the bar as a second single after Rosa Parks mm-hmm. and the artist storytelling part one as a single after skewed on the bar. Skewed on the bar B. <laughs> I mean, yeah, correct myself there. But um, this is the first time rappers from outside Dungeon Family, whatever the fuck they're called at this point, <laughs> are incorporated in outcast music. Rake so, one. So you want me to go off? I, I, yeah, go. When you make a list of top five best hip-hop songs of all time, if you don't have Skewed on the bar on there, you, there's, a, there's a, a, a serious problem somewhere. I guess I got that problem. Steve, <laughs> fuck, man. Top yeah. five hip-hop songs of all time, Skewed on the Barbie? Dude. Like, as a song structure... And how they these guys from the South went to go get one of the best storytellers of all time, lyricist yeah. of all time, 
and incorporated him in a southern sound yeah is just is mind blowing to me and i wish in 1998 i was older than 8 years old and i was listening to hip hop because i would have probably just exploded into thinner listening to that for the first time it's definitely one of the highlights on the album rosa parks as well return of the g the whole first Five, six tracks on the album. Remember when Hold I... Hold Be Strong, Return of the G, Rosa Parks, Skewed on the Barbie. Return of the G. Aquemini, Return of the G. Synthesizer with George Clinton, Slump. You know that people, musicians were walking in and out of the studio and they were using different elements from them to make these songs? Of course. It's, just, you know, the, just the song, the song difference from song to song. I mean, when I said country, it's straight up like Rosa Parks. The, it, this is like an is like an orchestra conducted this album. But I want to get back to the Raekwon thing real quick. Yeah. You know when we said that we put our like I put artists in my top because of their ability to be on featurings. Uh huh. Oh yeah, Raekwon always. But these three together, they all have a different voice. Like Big yeah. Boy doesn't rap like Raekwon. Raekwon doesn't like rap like Big Boy. Same thing for Andre. And that Andre and Big Boy kind of balance each other out yeah. and make the perfect hip hop group. Like, and having that guy on there, the song was just crazy good. It's an incredible song, for sure. It's one of the like I said, it's one of the highlights on the album. There aren't many songs here that aren't highlights to me. There are songs that I feel like maybe I don't listen to unless I'm listening to the album. Let's say West Savannah, Y'all Scared, Mamacita, I find are songs that don't stand alone. Mm -hmm. They need the album to be what they are. But that's why this album you need... Look, any Outcast album I find... Yes. You got to listen to front to back. For sure, for it's sure. It's like a whole like... It's like a flow... But what I just said speaks volumes of how good the rest of the album is. In that it doesn't, it stands out. The art of storytelling. Both parts. You know there's a Slick Rick version. Yeah, a single version. But never existed uh, in the dirty version. Like a dirty version of the song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I remember you mentioned Something that, like yeah. that. You had to only buy it. You were only able to buy it on vinyl when it came out. Yeah. Yeah. The just... It doesn't, it doesn't make a difference the way Andre 3000 dresses, but the transition of him and how he looked and what he was going through. Promoting the clean lifestyle. Yeah. Uh, but he, he mentioned sp small specific things on uh, AT Aliens about the clean lifestyle. Yeah. But dating Erica Badu. And like just a transition as being, becoming, they were becoming adults to this point, right? Because yeah. you're recording between 16 and 18, your first album. Then you're in your, tw you're 20 years old. Steve, remember what we were doing at 20 years old? Not much. But we weren't as, like, I'm sorry, but we weren't like musically inspiring as these guys. And then I'm 22. I'm, I'm, I'm insulted that you throw me under. <laughs> no, but you don't know what I mean. I'm just saying, I'm like... You're always going to be musically inclined. Thank you. But these guys just, they were becoming adults at, to this point. Uh-huh. So it, it showed in their music as well. Yeah. Yeah. And to make it, Steve, 
from Southern Playlistic, Cadillac Music, to AT Aliens, to fucking Aquemini. The album actually plays in two parts. I don't know if you knew that. Well, yeah, on the album, you see it in the back. So hold on, be strong, to West Savannah, the art of storytelling part one, to Chunky Fire. Yeah. Fuck Chunky Fire. So good. So that fuzz guitar is so nice in it. What do you... <sighs> Fuck, I love this album. <laughs> uh, do you take anything away from it being played in two parts at all? Or? No, I just, I understand, like, it's clear how they broke it up, right? West Savannah. Mm-hmm. And then till the end. But can we highlight the music? Can we highlight the musical instruments? What are I they mean, playing? Everything about this album is fucking. The fuck are they playing? What are those instruments? Can you tell me? When? Like throughout the album. Can you name me the instrument? Flutes, uh, keys. Oh, there's fucking uh, horns, there's synths, there's keys. The horns. It's. But Steve. There, I mean, there's. Uh, yeah. You are listening to hip hop music. Again, the the. When people say, oh, hip-hop all sounds the same. Oh, it's just guys rapping. It's just guys talking about drug dealing. Fucking put this, this album. This is why, this is your, why Outkast clicks with more people. Put it in your CD player and tell me that how musically but amazing this fucking this album is. This is why Outkast clicks with more people and is considered this big of an influential group. This big of a group in general, really. How are you making music like this at 22 or 23 years old? Well... How can you, like, the, how, I don't know. The age, I don't think, is a matter. When you've got it, you've got it. Most most great musicians make great music in that period of their life. Yeah, I just, I just, like, I sometimes I, I listen to this, and I listen to artists like this, and I'm just like, like, you go into a studio, and you want to make music, but you come out with just fucking, like, you made this album on Saturn or something. No, but you get what I'm trying to tell you. Like it's, it, this album is nuts. What they did, what they accomplished but on the how? In terms of their how but how do you? How, okay. When you make music, you make music great, Steve. And I love sometimes when you send me that song today. I was like, "Ooh, this is nice." But like, you go into a studio and you're just like, "Okay, let's think." Okay, we're gonna do this with this song. We're gonna put Raekwon on this song. The fucking instrumentals on. Chunky Fire are going to sound like this. How? How does it come about? Where does I mean, it come out from? Great pro- they're working with great producers. They're signed to a big label that's supervising this. A lot of it is calculated as well. Fuck. But, I mean, yeah, most most great musicians, most great artists make this type of an album. I wish I was, honestly, 16 years old when this came out. Or, I wish I was at an age where I could appreciate it the day it dropped. But I can't. What do you give this, unless you want to add something to it? I have nothing else to add. What do you want to give this on 10, Stephen? A 10. 10 on 10. Mm-hmm. I'm, I couldn't agree with you more. Okay. This is a fucking solid 10. So Aquamanite comes out in 98, as we said. The band, uh, the band, the, the hip-hop, I mean, you might as well, the oh, way you'd explain it. Fuck. Um, band, orchestra. They... Only released their fourth studio album on October 31st. Halloween. That's uh, 20 years tomorrow. We told you about that, eh? Um, How many years after? Two again? Two years. Two years Fuck, ago. they're good, yeah. huh? Stanconia. Outcast. Happy 20th. Happy 20th, Stanconia. 
You're going to listen to it tomorrow, please. Um, and look, every week we talk a lot about or mention ways in which we got into music. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think on the Enter the All Time episode, we got much more into it. We mentioned how, like many people from our generation, can relate. Uh, discovering music was being glued to the TV, MTV, Much Music, Music Plus after school. Mm-hmm. Watch the countdowns. You tune into your genre-specific shows if you like something specific. That was your way of finding music for our generation. Could we agree more or less? Mm-hmm. I was nine years old. No, I was ten years old. And that was uh, when I first heard B.O.B. From these countdowns, from these music video shows. Catching the music video, it was trippy it was in your face it was full of colors there was a lot going on it was a music video you couldn't look away from and the running yeah um that was the first single off stanconia it was followed by miss jackson and so fresh so clean which i think were bigger commercial hits but bob is where outcast started for me if there's one song that defines outcast it's bob for you for me the format of the song it starts with those like lo-fi keys mm-hmm. very short intro then the beat drops and the, the 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 format of the song is somewhat simple andre verse chorus big boy verse chorus <laughs> guitar solo with choir what the fuck? Then the choir drops out and they're scratching over the guitar solo. Huh. Then the beat drops. The guitar solo ends and there's a chord progression. Andre sings, or maybe they're both singing, Bob Your Head Ragtop over that chord progression. The beat jumps back in. The guitars are out. Synths, pads, Layers and the choir's back. Power music, electric revival. Tell me there's a better song structure in all of hip hop. Tell me there's a hip hop song that even dares to change and and become and build up like B.O.B. Fuck, man. Tell me there's a better rap song, period. Well, I told you Skewed on the Bar was in my top five, but I, where were you going with this? The structure of the song is unbelievable. It's unheard of in hip-hop. But Steve, go listen to what they did on Aquemini and then fucking listen to that song. Does it sound like that? But that's, that's the thing with Stankonia even more now. Mm-hmm. If Aquemini, if ATLians was a transition into Aquemini and Aquemini, they perfected something different... The whole record of Stangonia is just another step forward. There's so much changes going on. There's even more instruments, even more synths. The drums. More sounds. The drums the on drums the song. The drums on B.O.B. The drums on B.O.B. Man. are it's like, it's like a fucking drop kick from the top rope. And they rope. started doing a lot of like things with the drums, like the reverse snare, like you hear on B.O.B., like you hear on Miss Jackson. More sounds. They're creating more sounds. For well, it's not used... just about who's the better rapper. Who's the... No. 
It's about the music. Textures, layers, build up. B.O.B. is not a, is not, and so many of their songs are not your traditional rap songs. No, but look at what they use in their music. They were using on this album the fucking, again funk, yep. rave music, techno music, techno, uh, techno, the, the fucking high tempo, big beats, the drum machine, the drum yes. machine, the Aggressive drum machine. Beats, yeah. Like fuck, that's there's there's a song on here. What's the song with fucking Killer Mike? It's right after So Fresh, So Clean. Snapping and trapping. No, it's after Miss Jackson. Fuck. Yeah. Steve, yeah. it's like it's. It, you remember it's when? Remember when they used to give the big boot in wrestling? Yeah. That's exactly how the song started. And but exactly, it's a mind fuck. You're like, okay, I just heard So Fresh, So Clean, Miss Jackson, and then I'm just getting fucking pile drivered right into the fucking ring. And and Killer Mike's voice on that was just like boom 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 boom. Yeah, like it. Fuck, it's like a. It's crazy. You, you. Okay, you can't tell me that you when again we were ten years old or whatever. We probably we weren't, we weren't listening to hip hop. We were getting into it slowly, slowly. So we would hear things here and there, but you can't tell me you finished a Quemini two years later. You put in Stankon. You're like, you you can't expect that coming out. You don't expect this type of music. That's, you don't expect but, it. It's but, unexpected. Right. The, the way the album starts off. And then the first song. Gasoline Dreams. <sighs> first thing you hear again? What's the first thing you hear? On that? Yeah. Some fucking Andre 3000 fucking... No, the first thing you hear on oh, that is guitars Yes, again. guitars, yes. Instrumentation. Yeah. No, no, 100%. It's crazy how they start off the they start off this album with guitars. There's the little intro before the song. Yeah, but, but the, the guitar, first thing you hear is that guitar. fucking guitar lick. Beat drop, Andre's in your face. Live, a live instrumentation, and this was all done in house in studio. Organized yeah. noise was back. Yeah. For more, yeah. they did a lot more of the production on here, like psychedelia, gospel, rock, yeah. all this stuff. The sound was out of this world. 2000, nobody was doing this. Nope. They started off the new decade. Again, it's in October, but they started off the new decade with an album like this. Was just like, okay, this is what we're doing in 2000. This is how the this is how music should sound in 2000. And there there was songs for everything on this. Yep. You know what I mean? Like you know, like we always mentioned, like Kendrick's "Damn," Notorious B.I.G. "Laugh." After that, every song on this. Is for a different theme, but it's also what they were what they were talking about on this album. Just they got more political. On yeah, this album. a lot more political, which was the time of two thousand, right? Yeah, a lot of more political views. Yeah. Uh, crazy thing is, is the instruments, like the musical people that worked on this album, were all people that they went to go find that were playing in different clubs in different areas. Yeah, there's a lot of club influence too on this. Uh, yes. Uh, they were older, so they were talking about parenthood, yeah, uh, African American culture, sexuality, misogyny. Like, they're attacking views of what's going on in the 2000s. So, but in their own way. Yeah, gangster shit's also a big, a big call out on hip hop culture. Mm-hmm. Where Andre just calls out, I mean, every rapper of this era. Yep. Calling bullshit on every rapper of mm-hmm. this era? The 
he st- he was I, he did it in a Quemini where he was using his voice as an instrument. Yeah. But on this, he starts a bit more. There's a lot more of what Andre, mumble. Andre becomes like the more singing Andre, the more instrumentation voice of Andre. What's your favorite non-single off this album? Ooh. So the singles, to be clear here, are B.O.B., Miss Jackson, So Fresh, So Clean. Any other song is fair game. Okay, let me pull this up because I have about three that like, ah, man. Okay, give three, give three. Can, okay. And then I'll give three. I hate my life. Uh, it's hard. It's very hard. I can give seven. Uh, I, okay, can and we... Just before you do this, can we be fair? The singles, no matter how popular, no matter how mainstream... Are fun as some of the best singles ever. Fuck. Okay. I'm only going to give three, but they change at any given time, and I'm not going to use snapping and trapping. Cool? It's unfair. Why? Because. So I'm going with... We Love These Hoes. Yeah, great track. Red Velvet. Great track. <sighs> Cruising Slum Beautiful. Huh. Okay, good. You? I've got... Why'd I ask you this if I can't answer it myself? Yeah. The featuring on Spaghetti Junction. Ooh. I've got Red Velvet. Ah. And I've got Stankonia. Yes, sir. And Stankonia, Stank Love, the final track is absolutely. <laughs> and if, if you didn't hear this already, when you re-listen to this album tomorrow, because you will, it's the 20th anniversary of this album, you've got to go back and hear it tomorrow. And you get to that final track, Stankonia Stanklove. <laughs> it's in so many ways a tribute to two tracks. Funkadelic's Maggot Brain and Prince's Purple Rain. It's the title track of the album. Maggot Brain opens Funkadelic's Maggot Brain, but carries the load of being like the title track. Closing the album. Say it again. The fucking guitar is right up front. What an outro. What a what a closer. Well, the, the, these guys closed their albums perfectly, huh? Yeah. FYI. Yeah. Uh, th- what do you think this album did for the, the beginning of the decade and for music and for hip-hop? Like, What do I think it did? Yeah. I think for hip-hop, it got people to turn their heads and say, oh, shit. Not everything sounds like because you made that point. Everyone says, or everyone says, closed-minded people say all hip hop sounds the same. Mm-hmm. This album, if it wasn't a Quemini, it was this album that had people turning heads saying, "What the fuck? Who the fuck are these guys?" And okay, I was too young for a Quemini, but at ten years old. When I saw this on TV and already had some exposure to hip-hop, Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, Eminem's, and I saw this, this was not the same. This was 
this was a whole other like this was another world. Imagine this came out in the early nineties. It's but it's impossible. Like that's mm. what I'm saying is that imagine it came out in the early nineties. This came out right when it needed to. Right when yeah. it, it's like so appropriate for the two thousands. It's the two thousands for music. Like we spoke, Kid A turned twenty last week. Imagine somebody who was into music the way we are mm-hmm. in two thousand. Mm-hmm. This is a fucking massive year for for game changing music. They started it off fucking. What else came out this year? I don't even remember. In the year two thousand, like super it's a big. massive year, man. It's massive. It's a big year for music. I'm talking about hip hop. Well, you could give me other music as well, but I'm talking about hip hop. Well, I'll give you in general. Okay. Did Kanye drop yet? No, no, no. But Kid A came out. We spoke about the influence yeah. on that on alternative music going full electro. Mm-hmm. Marshall Mathers LP came out. Ooh, same year. It's true, huh? Yeah. Stankonia came out. Those are those are pretty much the top three albums. But then you want to talk more hip hop? Supreme Clientele. Soul R&B. D'Angelo Voodoo. Oh, fuck. I'm going to throw this in there because I'm going to do it. Modest Mouse, The Moon in Antarctica, one of the best indie rock albums of all time, but who cares? That's cool. Yeah, very great album. It wasn't a, it, it, it wasn't so much that it was a massive year. It was just the albums that came out, like Country Grammar came out in 2000. Quasimodo, The Unseen, Common, Like Water for Chocolate. Great album. Their albums, Fuck. that's it. Their albums are when, like, the White Stripes debuted in 2000s. Wu Tang the W came out. Mama's Gun, Erica Badu. There's definitely great albums. That's her best album, huh? Coldplay launched in 2000 with Parachutes, whatever. <laughs> the Yellow Song. But these guys, man, fuck. This is like, like, Aquemini, they really did something incredible. And then Stankonia was like... Pushed it, man. Let's go to space. Fucking pushed it. Let's go to space. Um, we've often made a, a remark about Stankonia that we got we to gotta look at. Yes. Um, I know where you're getting it. What am I getting at? I don't know, say it. We've often said things like, Stankonia is too long. Mm-hmm. It's a long album. There's mm-hmm. a lot of tracks on it. 24. 24, 24 tracks, tracks an hour and 13 yeah. minutes. Um, did you know that it's shorter than Equimini? <laughs> really? By one whole minute. Well, fucking. They have a seven minutes, eight minutes song on that album. Yeah, but imagine you kill the skits off, which you don't need to because they're they're fun. They're they they carry I, the album. This album is super like. As much as it's political, and they, they're doing something different on it, different subject matter. It's a super funny album. It is. Like yeah, we love them, funny, yeah. we love these yeah, hoes. It's skits, fucking is very funny. They don't do that on their other stuff, huh? Not on AT Aliens uh, and not Aquemini. at the end of the songs, but they're not like they're this. not. No, absolutely. They don't not. go out of their way like this one does. No, it's funny the one where with the after uh, Return of the G where they talk about uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the you get this CD Goody Mob and stuff like that. This is just a fucking incredible album. What do you get, Stankoni on ten? I'm going to give Stankoni on 10 a solid 9.5. Oh. Okay. You? Add a 0.5 for me. That's a 10. That's a 10. Ding, ding. We got two 10s for Outcast. These are the four albums on the all-time podcasts. Best 100 hip-hop albums of all time list. Yeah. 
We now get a compilation. Big Boy and Dre present. Outcast. Yeah. In 2001. <laughs> um, like they needed to. But. But. You get some new tracks on this. Funkin' Around. Mm-hmm. The Whole World. Massive hit. I feel like The Whole World could have fit on Stankonia Very somewhere. Much. Very much. And that has Killer Mike on it. Yeah. That song is fucking good. And moving cool, the after party. Do you think they record, recorded that for this, or or was a? Uh, it could have been a throwaway track. Fuck. I don't know. Maybe they did it for this, but you can't throw that. Three away. great tracks on a compilation of great songs. Again, pushing the buttons, pushing the envelope, using different instruments. What is there? All fucking piano keys in this fucking song. The yeah, whole world? There's piano in it, yeah. Jesus. We give people a lot of flack for listening to Greatest Hits compilations. Well, I'll listen to this Greatest Hits all day. Yeah. Uh, it's a very fine compilation. It highlights really the best of the best. Won a Grammy. This duo, yeah. The whole world won. The, won, uh, won what, uh, best probably, song? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The compilation wasn't nominated, but the songs were. He, they won something for that. It's one of their six Grammys. I really don't disapprove of this compilation. It's a good one. Mm-hmm. It's the first thing I own physically of them. Um, do you find, when you look at this compilation, this compilation does a lot of justice to Southern Playlisted Cadillac music, their roots. You get Ain't No Thangs on it. Uh, no Southern Playlisted Cadillac music. Crumbling Herb. And now. Yeah. Uh, Players Ball. Get Up, Get Out. Yeah, there's a lot of... There's five tracks from... Then you get from Stankonia, things like So Fresh, So Clean, uh, Miss Jackson, B.O.B., the three singles, Aquemini, you're getting Aquemini, Rosa Parks, Spadiori Dopalicious. They should have put Skewed on the B. Yeah, that would have been a good addition. But this compilation really does justice to their early work. Yeah. Highlights Southern Playlist of Cadillac Music and the path they've come. Italians only has, I think, a track off it, Elevators. Doesn't even have ATL. Which, on. Yeah, I don't understand that. I never understood that. Could we agree that this compilation closes the book on Outcasts as the greatest rap group of all time? Yes. So this is, as much as it's Big Boy and Dre present Outcasts, it's also Big Boy and Dre say goodbye to Outcast. Mm-hmm. You find? Well, that what comes after this is very different. Very different. Do you want to talk any more about this compilation? No. I think this is the first time in all time history that we discuss a compilation. Maybe we'll do an episode on just compilations. I wouldn't even be opposed to that. Really? Punk music is full of great compilations. Some bands you only need compilations of. What about Punk Goes Acoustic? Leave those on the curb. (laughs) Next. Next album is in 2003. Three, two years later. Three um, from their actual album. Yeah, three from their actual album, two from the compilation. Um, double disc. Double disc, released as one album. But a double disc. Released as one album. Mm-hmm. Promoted as two solo albums. <laughs> but released as a double album. You could only own it as a double album. So how are we talking about this one? The album is Speaker Box and The Love Below. Speaker Box. Being the Big Boy album. 
the love below as the Andre 3000 yeah. album. So we'll start in order of how they're mentioned. Speaker box. It's funny how, and I, I, I couldn't wait to say this. It's funny how big boys, it technically it's a solo, right? Because they're, yeah, right. Big Boy, Speaker Box, Andre 3000, Love Below. So technically it's a solo, but under the name Outcast because they're putting they're put together, which is a, a great concept that they did that. Nobody did that. No. Okay. No. So again, pushing the buttons, doing something different. Did we talk about it on our double albums episode? Could have been. Yeah, we probably did. We, we must have. We had to have have. Go listen to that episode. And tell us. But how funny is it that Big Boy's solo, the first fucking thing you hear is Andre 3000. <laughs> and he's on like about, how many songs are on this album? He's on about. He's on a lot of it. He's on a lot of it. He starts off the album by singing. Do you know how many credits Andre 3000 has on this album? Speaker Box and The Love Below combined. How many? It's incredible how much he's done on this album. Guitars, flutes, woodwinds, fucking production, keys, curated, sing, he, man, on on the two albums combined. Well, Steve, Speaker Box, The Love Below, is is almost like an Andre masterpiece in its own weird way. My man, you see him in the he's doing background vocals. Yeah. He's yep. all over the speaker box. Yeah, he is. The singing, you think it's big? I, no offense to him, because Big Boy is a great, great artist. But uh-huh. Andre's singing all over the place. Yeah, this album is very much. Uh, the, the Andre's all over this album. Yeah. If you want to hear his production, his his, his the way he plays instruments, the way this is the album to go to. Because for he's- sure, executive producer, lead vocals. This is on speaker box. Executive producer, lead vocals on track two. Producer track two, nine, and 18. Keyboards track two and 18. Programming track 18. Additional vocals track 13. On the love below, Andre 3000. Executive producer, lead vocals, all tracks. Producer, all tracks. Programming tracks one, nine, and 12. <laughs> Keyboards tracks one, nine, and 12. Guitar tracks four, seven, eight, and 18. Tenor saxophone tracks eight. Acoustic guitar track nine. Background vocals, track 19. Big Boy got an executive producer, a lead vocal on track 10 for Roses, and background vocals on track 6. It was amazing. That was rapid fire liner notes. Did So Andre 3000 basically made both albums. He was very involved, very, very, very involved in both albums, yes. So let's talk about Speaker Box. Yeah. Who wants to start? Uh, I think, and actually I don't think, I know. Mm-hmm. That this album was more to understand the different side of Big Boy. Yeah. Is we we can't not think about his rapping ability and what he could do as a rapper. Yeah. But I think what we, they wanted to do was get him more as the artist, Big Boy. Mm-hmm. Did they fail at it? No. Could he have done better with it? Yes. Could the featurings have been better as well? Yes. Should there have been less music on this? Yes. I find, like, I don't, it might not have been the time where this should have come out, but I think 
they needed to put more emphasis on, like what they did with Sir Lucius left foot. If it was Sir Lucius left foot and the love below, this fucking thing would have been, I would have given it another fucking 10. Okay. I'm, I'm okay. It's, it's not bad. There's a lot of great elements in this. Okay. But there's missing something. I find like there's, there's, I find there's a lot of filler on, on these songs. Okay. I know. I like what you're saying. Let me know when you're ready. Cause we have some things to discuss now. Go. Uh, I was pleasantly surprised revisiting this album. Yeah. Uh, I slept on sleeper box for a long time. I thought it was, I've, I've for a long time said it and maybe even on this, on the podcast, I felt like it was much inferior to the love below. I'd say it's much closer in score than I remembered being mm-hmm. or than I said it ever was. It's very much like the rest of Big Boy's catalog. Okay? We know what The Love Below does. But you said there's filler on this album and that it's a little long. Mm-hmm. You got to remember that Outcast albums in general are very long. Yeah. There's Musically. 20 minutes less speaker box than there is Love Below. It's it's less than an hour long. It's it's it, it totals at fifty six minutes, versus the Love Below seventy eight. The Love Below is a long album. If Speaker Box never came out, and got put up against the Love Below, and you got to also remember, you said something about Big Boy on Southern Playlistic. Mm-hmm. Atlians was one thing they were really recognized as a group, but on Aquemini and Stanconia, they're a duo. But Andre is taking over. Mm-hmm. When Speaker Box and The Love Below comes out, and The Love Below gets all the attention with Hey Ya and Roses, that's what fuels Sir Luscious Left Foot. Big Boy wants to prove himself Fuck. once they're not together anymore. And I'm happy he did that. He needed to do that. But that's what I'm saying is they, this could have never been Sir Luscious Left Foot and the love below. No. Because you know what would have happened if you had Sir Luscious Left Foot and the love below? You would have just fucking passed on Sir Luscious Left Foot. So do you think that if Love Below didn't exist and they just came out with Speaker Box, that Speaker Box would have been as better? I think if the Love Below didn't exist and Big Boy went on his own path and did his first solo album, Speaker Box, it would be decently well received. But not a classic. Well, how did this roll out? Was it Love Below singles first and then Speaker Box? It, it, it was... Okay, so the album came out in late September 2003. September 23rd. On September 9th, Hey Ya was released as a single. The first single. The first single. Fuck. After the album... And it was a great... It, it was the right single to choose. <laughs> Fuck. Because it blew the album up. In October, October 2nd, so let's say, give or take 10 days after the album releases, The Way You Move is released. Before Ghetto Music. Yes. So after The Way You Move, many months later, May 2004, so October to May, there's no single, May 2004, after the Grammy sweep, Roses is released as a single. Everyone knows Roses off the album. It was a hit before it was released as a single because it was their only track that really showcased them as outcast again. And then Ghetto Music came out with Prototype. 
from the love below. So, technically speaking, Heya was a single. The way you move was a single. So one Andre, one big boy. Roses, we could kind of agree, is the only Outcast song on the two albums of Outcast together. Yeah, because they're equally both, as important. Yeah, they both do their thing on it. So Andre single, big boy single. Let's call it an Outcast single, even though it's on Andre's album. They probably the picked below. The, that was calculated, right? And then ghetto music and prototype as an A side, B side. Yeah, because ghetto music has Andre's. Uh, yes. Well, yeah, he's yes. singing. Yeah, he is on that. He, he did most of the credits that I read before uh, were for that song. So if you want to look at the promotion to this, Hey Ya was massive. The Way You Move was not. Well, it was very out of Big Boy's realm. Right. A lot of catchy hooks. That's it. Very poppy. Yeah. So no, like no shit. The Love Below did that much better. It was pushed a lot more, let's say. Um, we talk about Love Below? Well, just really quick to, to mention, like, Ludacris is on this. Yep. Tomb of the Boom with the concrete Big Gip, Ludacris. Big uh, Gip, fuck. Um, Last Call, Slim Calhoun, Lil John and the Eastside Boys. <laughs> Closes out the album before the, the outro uh, skit. There's a great track, Flip Flop Rock, Killer Mike and Jay-Z. Yeah. Great track. Incredible track. And find Jay-Z was at his best on that though. And he wasn't, but the beat was good and he made he gave some appeal to this album. Yes. And that was just a trade-off song too, huh? Because don't forget one on Jay-Z's. Yeah. That's on true. Bl- Blueprint too. So it was like, here I'm gonna Great do a verse for you. One, huh? You do a verse for me. Yeah. Um The Love Below. Who's starting? You, I started this one. The Love Below for me, um, it's the album that I obviously knew much better here. It's the album that mm-hmm. for a long time I, I I really listened to this album a lot in high school because of having liked Aquemini, well, having liked Stankonia, owning the compilation, going back to Aquemini, and then this album came out while we were Mm-hmm. In that age group, so I used to listen a lot to the Love Below. Um, I liked the instrumentation on it. I liked that Andre was doing everything. I liked again that it showed someone who was uh, coined as a rapper stepping out of the box. We keep knocking the mics in this episode. Uh, uh, somebody, somebody that was coined strictly as a rapper stepping out of the box, doing a lot of different things, showing variety to the music they can make. Um, I'm going to say it didn't age as well as I expected, but it holds up well. It's still very good. It's a fantastic body of work, but it didn't exactly stand the test of time, as you would say, a Stankonia and a Quamini, of course, which are perfect albums, as we said, both tens. I think this one just, it, it, it died down a bit. I'm going to add that I think this is the original Channel Orange. I'm going to add that I think this is the original 808s and Heartbreak. This is the original... Kid Cudi Garbage, this is the original. This is the this is the album that fucking starts all this. The Love Below. Steven, I don't have to say anything. You've said everything. If it wasn't for The Love Below, rappers will would not sing. If it wasn't for The Love Below, these artists would not step out of the box and do something different with their music. I'm talking about rappers, by the way. Yeah. 
I have nothing else to say. When I put this album on, I f- can't, and I'm being straight honest, and this will sound very cheesy, but I feel very, very happy when I listen to this album. Mm-hmm. This songs make the songs on here make me feel great. Even though there's a lot of like talking about relationship, uh, there's there's a, there's fun to the songs in here. Yeah, there's a lot of laughter in the songs. I find this album's like this. The Love Below is like a movie, like a concept of a movie, like heartbreaking relationship, like all that stuff. And to hear one of my favorite artist slash rappers sing and really step out of the box way more than he ever has and again doing all the instrumentation playing with his voice and the keys that he that he uses when he, when it, like the, there's a lot of piano in here too yeah lots like yeah. like let's say this didn't come out a lot of these artists would not fucking do different things with their music it's true it's set, a, it's set a standard for like how to step out of the box. Look at the fucking, the Tyler, the creators. And you mentioned. Uh, yeah, t- yeah, I see. That's right? the name I forgot. Yeah, you're right. Like fucking, you said it, the Kid Cuddies, the other fucking guys that like the Channel Orange and all that stuff. This is a huge influential album. Yeah. It's more important in the influence it had than in the. Music itself, could we say that? Mm-hmm. It's a it, it's a beautiful body of work. Yeah. What do you give Speaker Box and the Love Below on ten? So we're rating it together. Uh, I I did. If you don't want to, don't. No. I, I ranked it together. You know, at the end of these episodes, I'll we just give you our I'll ranking, just ra- I give it together. There one right. It's Outcast. So I yeah. Get, I'm gonna give this a, a eight. I give it an eight. Cool. We agree on a lot of the rankings. Look at that, huh? Pretty cool. After Speaker Box to Love Below, massive Grammy success. Go ahead. Okay, you just set me up. Yeah. Okay. How do you remember that Grammy performance? Yeah, yeah, it was nuts. And then they picked up the award for album of the year right after. Yeah, it was fucking amazing. I remember that watching it that night, them playing. Hey, yeah. They won three of the six Grammys they won that night. Mm-hmm. And I remember that too. They they performed the award and they picked it up right away after best album. That year. That year, yeah, yeah. All over album, not... All around, yeah, yeah, yeah best album. All around, sorry. Around, yeah. um, hmm. After this, they decide that they're going to do a movie. I don't know how the movie thing rolled out after Speaker Box to Love Below, to be no, honest. No, they, they just did a movie. But again, country. They wanted to make an album that went with a movie. Yeah. Okay. So it's a soundtrack. So it's a soundtrack to the movie. Um, but it's an album. But it's an album. It's very much an outcast album, we agree. Yeah. Idlewild. Idlewild. Um, this comes out in 2006. Mm-hmm. It's their longest album in their catalog. Mm-hmm. It is 25 tracks long, so that's already intimidating. But in time, it's also their longest. How long was it? It's like an hour and 18. Okay, so like just five more minutes then... Uh... Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're all in that same ballpark. But it just so happens that their longest one is, in my opinion, their weakest one. Well, yes, this is their weakest album. Yeah. Did it, is it because the movie came with it? I don't think so. I don't think so. Do you think it was an end of an era? I think it was an attempt to do something new again. A lot of artists were starting to toy with the idea of visuals with 
their albums. Mm-hmm. I know that really took off in the 2010s. I guess they were maybe one of the early ones to do it. Uh, was it poorly executed? Maybe. Well, I, th- I think it was poorly executed. I think part of understanding your fan base is understanding what you could do for them. That those you got to keep them on board. But what year was this? Two thousand six. Six. A lot of the, like in two thousand six, you heard what was coming out, huh? Don't forget. Like 2006, there was a lot of the, it was all club, all club. Well, Outkast stuck it to their guns. They stuck yeah. with their usual sound, being yeah. like a bit more contemporary, trying to push the envelope. I found this was had a lot of more pop elements to it. It did. It had a lot more blues elements. Yes, blues. It was a lot more. Um, yeah, there was a lot of jazz elements here too. Mm-hmm. A lot of piano. You said that on the love below. This carried into Idlewild. I think. That if the movie didn't exist, they would have done way more tracks that didn't have the concept of the movie. So if they would have used the blues and the jazz elements, yeah, it might have sounded better if it didn't have to do with the movie theme. Okay. Feel me? I could see why you'd say that, yeah. You feel me? There's it, some there's Mighty Mighty Always fucking yeah, I love that great song. Track. Yeah, yeah, even know what's it called? The what the Hollywood Hollywood divorce with uh, Snoop D O Double G and uh, with the F. Yeah, great track. There are great tracks on this, but it 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 just drags as a soundtrack to the album. It has that inconsistency of like mm-hmm. the jazz stuff. The it it, it was it's it's yeah it's by far the most inconsistent inconsistent. But again, look at the theme of the movie and what was going on in the movie, and yeah. it played onto the the music. Yeah. To whereas, if there was no movie to it, they would have made a jazzier, bluesy album. They would have, like, they would have stuck to that that the, the roots of that music. Right. Roots. You said it. So. Yeah. I don't think we need to spend more time on this one. I don't, and I I, I hate that I don't have much more to say because it's a goodbye to Outcast, but this album didn't do much for me. No. Um, you rate? Honestly, I got to give it a six. Because out of fairness to AT Aliens, AT yeah. Aliens is, is, as much as I make my case, a transitional album. It is a better album than this. Uh, it's a good album. Like I said, it doesn't fit with the rest of me. Even less than Al- and then uh, Speaker Box, Love Below. Um, yeah, I, I'm really sad that this is the last thing we got from them. But I learned to accept that uh, we said goodbye to Outcast as a group. We have fantastic, timeless music to enjoy forever. Some of the so fucking need, best music ever. I unfortunately don't need new Outcast music. I'm good with what I have. But at the same time, we didn't need new tribe music. And that was really refreshing. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know what it would be like if Outcast returned. Uh, what do you give this album on? on, uh, on um, you had to give it a six because of what you give AT Aliens. Yeah, so you I'm, could, you, you're allowed. You have flexibility. I'm going to give a seven. All right. Wait, we're not done yet, we're Stephen. Not, we're not. We're not. I didn't even have this in my notes, by the way, what I'm about to do. So you go first and maybe we're aligned. I think we're aligned. Yeah, we have to be because... Well, they called the hiatus after this album. Yes. And then they went on tour. Tour. 2014. Outcast 20. 2014. Stephen 1, Stephen 2, Friendship. You dragging me to Oshiaga. 
Well, not dragon because when I saw Adcast was there, I had a full boner and said, we need to go to Oceaga. Mm. And as much as I fucking hate human beings and being outside and festivals, yeah. you brought me to... We Well, you didn't bring me in and hold hands, but we went together. But that... It was absolutely, absolutely the night we fell in love. Yeah. It didn't... It. I have never been with you as happy as we were that <laughs> night. I have never seen you that happy. I have never... We enjoyed that concert like we were the only ones there. Steve, there was nobody next to me and you were on my right. I remember being on your left. Really? I mean, that's how I remember it. Okay, so maybe I'm wrong. I could I, be wrong too. I don't like standing on the left of somebody at concerts. I don't know why I feel uncomfortable. So exactly, I was on your left. You were on my right. Okay. But... Before watching Outcast, we were listening to that fucking idiot. What did we see that day? We saw Pusha T. Yes. We saw... Let me try and find this lineup of bands that we have and groups that we saw. We saw Pusha T, where we were fucking wasted out of our minds, having a blast to it. And I remember you saying after Pusha T, you were almost in tears and you said, "If I have to stop because we're seeing Outcast. Yes, drinking, because I was fucking drunk. And I said, I can't see Outcast drinking. So for like three hours, I didn't drink anything. But then you were parched because there was no water around. So we just had to buy... Something to drink. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't water. Uh, we saw Pusha T that day. We did. We saw... Who the fuck else? There was one more rapper. We saw Childish Bambino. Yeah. But we saw him from far. And we were like, this is shit. Yeah. This uh, was a really good year for our festival, Oceaga. Yeah. Because the next night I saw Jack White. You saw Danny Brown. I saw Danny Brown. I saw Nick Cave in the Bad Seats from far. I saw Modest Mouse. Jesus. For the first time. They get two no- They get uh, mentioned twice in an episode. That's a record for Modest Mouse. Haim. And they're one of my favorite bands. Haim. It's the first time I saw Haim this year. Pusha T we saw. Who else was Chance the Rapper was here. This was probably for Acid Rap. We didn't see him. I don't remember. Oh, Volcano Choir. Justin Vernon from Bon Iver's in that group. Danny Brown this year. This was a crazy good year. Mm-hmm. Skimming the lineup. Mac DeMarco was there. Anyways, that day we only saw Pusha T and Outcast. Well, for me. And then we saw one other band. Right before Outcasts. I missed the replacements this year. That was my biggest regret. But seeing Outcast is always a... And Nick Cave. But you were saying that we were super happy. We were super happy. But right before, there was somebody on stage on the other side of Outcast. A Skrillex. Yeah. How miserable was that? How mad were we? I was fucking furious. It just felt like it didn't end. No. We saw tits, uh, though. There was a girl flashing. I don't remember. I do. Uh, But then everybody (laughs) left. And everybody left. And it felt like... There was nobody at that cast. I know. You're absolutely right. I and we were this. close as we were a month. We were like, and that's why the next year I was like, we went to see Kendrick and I was like so far back trying to fight the security guard from to let me sit and watch the show yeah. to Outcast being front row, like not front row, gate front row, but like. A couple rows back. We didn't want to be gate. We could have been, but we were just like, you know what? We got a nice little open area here. That was fucking, man, that, what a show. Outcast 20, I think change the festival circuit in a way because it's the last time you got big reunions headlining Mm -hmm. it didn't hit the spot with the young audience like the next year you said you want to see kendrick 
And unless you were there all day, you weren't getting a spot. No, and I was fucking pissed. Whereas Outcast, like, people were standing at the Outcast stage for Skrillex and fucked off. Mm. So I think festivals got on board with having to have more current artists. Unfortunately, I, I think the reunion shows are always the best and getting a bit of room, but that's not how um, that's not how you sell tickets. Let's talk about the performance. What a performance. No? I for me, it was one of the, easily one of the best shows I've seen, and I'm not saying rap shows, one of the best shows I've seen ever. Of course. Of course. The way the stage was, the outfits, the way they incorporated like the, the transition of the set list. They felt they wanted to be there. Absolutely. They were a hundred like even though there weren't many people, they did it for who was there. Fuck. Like, and that's one of the things that I find like this is gonna sound really like corny saying it. The few people that were there for them, like us, they did it for us. They did it for the people that wanted this reunion. If you were thirty, if you were a couple of hundred, or if you were thousands. They gave you the show they promised to everybody on this reunion tour. What a fucking... What a night, man. I, man, the songs. I enjoyed the songs. I was singing along. We were having fun. I was... that Fuck, was I happy. Was what Sleepy I, Brown there? Yes, Sleepy Brown. He came out Yeah, for, of course. Uh, yeah. Fucking Big Boy did songs off Sir Lucius Left Foot. Can you get the, the set list? Not say it, just show it to me after we're done recording. But well, we can discuss it because it was a fucking great show. And I think everyone on that Outcast 20 tour got the set, got a... I'm surprised there was no live, like, album of that. Even though, like... It sounded so good, too. Oh, man. I was fucking super happy to see them both together. To me, that was like an accomplishment in my life. As much as I saw Cameron and Griselda live, Outcast to me was... It's probably my best, my favorite show ever. Do you want to discuss the set list? You have it? Yeah. Go. So the set list opens. Well, B.O.B. Yeah. Insane opening. They shouldn't have opened with that, if that's my only remark. Okay. I think it I think it bangs to open. I, sh- I would have opened up with Gasoline Dreams. That came next. Yeah, that's why. AT Aliens, Skewed on the Barbie, Rosa Parks, Art of Storytelling. When they played Skewed on the Barbie, I was like, oh my God, I like... You know when you're like looking at it and like, oh, fuck. Is he going to come out? Is he coming out too? And then you get like, uh, like you feel like, uh, fuck. Skewed on the Barbie, Rosa Parks, Art of Storytelling Part 1, Aquemini, Spadioti Dopolicious, Miss Jackson. Spadi, oh man. Kryptonite from uh, Purple Ribbon All-Stars. <laughs> I don't know why they played like that. that. <laughs> it's very weird. That's a that's a big boy project. Yeah. For whoever I, this Yeah. Is. So I think that's what... So Miss Jackson closed the first part of the set of them performing together. Kryptonite, ghetto music, The Way You Move. Andre came on... Uh, well, Andre left for those songs. Andre comes in. She Lives in My Lap. Prototype. Jeez. Hey, yeah. Jeez. Big Boy comes back. Hootie Who. Crumbling Herb. Southern Playlist of Cadillac Music. So well, have players ball. So there's a nice section there of because it's the 20th anniversary. That's it. They went back to the roots for that little section. Elevators, roses, so fresh, so clean. A song we didn't mention all episode. International players anthem. Oh, fuck. And then they close with the it's whole world. It's true. Yeah. Because but that's on a UGK album. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but by far their biggest featuring outside of Outcast. Produced by DJ Paul. And then the whole world to close. 
I have nothing else to say. Was Killer Mike there? No, fuck. No, Steve, he wasn't there? We would have re- remembered. It's Killer Mike. I guess. But when you're on a high like that, I mean, it's easy to forget. Man, were we happy. Hell of a show. Outcast 20. Um, we're ranking our Outcast albums. We yeah. forgot to do that. Yeah, yeah, no, no, for sure. We're going to die with it. What time is it? Fuck. The, uh, definitely on the agenda. Um, and in other news. Is there anything else you want to talk about? No, because. No, because. It ended my life of Outcast perfectly. And just to mention my friend Greg, friends with Tim and Ant, you've met Greg before, yeah. actually texted me that day when I was on my way to Oshiaga to meet you, met Andre 3000. Oh, yeah. He was on his cell phone. Greg went up to him and said, hey, Mr. 3000. And Andre was super nice and shook his hand. That's cool. He was probably fucking just walking around by himself. He doesn't give two fucks. Andre does. He does what he wants. Plays yeah, the- he's earned it. Yep. Um, do you need new Outcast music? Do you need... Uh, uh, I'm sure you wouldn't close the door on it. I wouldn't close the door on it. I wouldn't mind. Uh, I just... It's scary, but at the same time, I know who they are, so it's not really scary. You think they could pull it off? I think they could pull it off. If they come out with an album, it should be 10 tracks. Boom. That's it. Um, what do you feel about people who talk about, like, when's Andre going to make an album? When's this and when's that? Like, it's pre- he's made it pretty clear. He was on the Rick Rubin podcast pretty much saying the mindset isn't there. Yeah, right the mindset's not album. there. He's fucking walking around playing flute. Let the guy be. Do you think an Andre 3000 album would still be relevant? Do you think it would it would slap as hard as people think it would? Do you think it's for this generation? Or do you think it's better as an idea that maybe one day it'll happen, but it never does? That, and also nobody wants to hear an Andre 3000 album right now. People like me and you do, but it's not going to attract anybody else. Mm-hmm. Like people don't want to listen to that. What I love that Andre 3000 does, and he still does, is featurings. He's on featurings. Yeah. And great featurings. He's been on fucking at least five to six amazing featurings in the last decade. He does the job when he gets on. And like the Rick Ross featuring, he's, I think he has about a thousand bars on it. Uh-huh. 16? Yeah. Yeah. You know? Like the, what he did with Frankie Ocean, what he's done with so many other Even people. Even on the Drake track. Take care. You know, he was supposed to be on uh, Cop Shot the Kid on Nas's yeah. uh, Nazir album. Like, yeah. all this stuff he does. Um, can uh, we touch really quickly on Big Boy's catalog? Because it's a hell of a good catalog so far. Yes. So Luscious Left Foot and the son of Chico Dusty. Chico Dusty. Vicious Lies and Dangerous Rumors, the second album. And Boomiverse, yeah, the third album. How do you yeah. feel about those three? The first one is Delicious Left Foot, amazing, yeah, crazy good album. It's up to par with a lot of Outcast albums. Like, it, he did an amazing job, and he needed to do an album like this where it was all him featuring, choosing the featurings, doing what he had to a do. Proper debut solo album that yeah. isn't speaker box, exactly. Vicious Lies and Dangerous Rumors, not bad. Not bad, good stuff. He's singing on some stuff, like he's playing a lot with his voice too. Yeah, it's he's like outside of the just a rapper. You see, on Outcast, Big Boy is the rapper of the two, but on this, he's the artist. Yeah, and then Boomerverse. 
Boomiverse had some really fucking good songs. There was a song with Pimp C. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good, uh, it's a good listen. The only song I don't like is the song with Adam Levine, Levine, whatever his name is. That was the single for uh, that, that did the song for Apple, no? Yeah, and they would play that at the Super Bowl. Uh, yeah, I I think he's got a good like. Um, I don't think it's a solo career that'll go too far. Let's say because it's still always very much the same now. Well, he did an album with uh, that band, 88 Grams, Grams. Yeah, 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 Fantagram. And he's been fucking featured on uh, Run the Jewels. Yeah, he's been, he's, he always, he's always great on Run the Jewels. Yeah. Do we need to talk about Dungeon Family Artists? No, 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 no. Just an FYI, Future was part of the Dungeon Family. Second uh, generation. Yeah. Okay, we got to rank the albums and... Uh, Say bye. Who starts? I'll go. I'm fine. Okay. So from... Least to good. Six to one. Okay. So six is going to be Idlewild. Yeah. You gave it a seven on ten. Yeah. Give uh, the score again when you do Seven it. on ten. Idlewild. Number six. Number five. Uh, speaker box. The love below. With an eight. <laughs> Number four. AT Aliens with a nine. Number three, Silent Playlistic I Like Music with a nine. Number two, Stanconia with a 9.5. And number uno, Aquemini with a perfect 10. Okay, I like that. You saw where I changed things up? AT Aliens dropped. You used to have that at two. That was your lock at number two. Yeah, and after that was Southern Playlisting, and then it was Stanconia. Yeah, so you gotta swap between those two. Well, you've you don't listen to music for a certain amount of time, then you go back to it, you catch things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what the fuck is so amazing about this. That's why I love doing this, this dissecting or just going back to albums. You learn so much. You your shit you changes. You hear them differently for sure. So since you said that, like I'm okay. So my ranking number six. With a six on ten is Idlewild. Mm-hmm. Number five with a seven on ten, AT Aliens. Sorry to the big lovers of that album. It just doesn't hit with me. Number four, Speaker Box, The Love Below with an eight on ten. Number three, Southern Playlistic, Cadillac Music with a nine on ten. Number two, I got a I got a backpedal on season one a mm-hmm. bit because we did our best albums mm-hmm. of all time and in my top 10 albums of all time hip-hop personal top 10 hip-hop albums of all time i had aquemini in there okay aquemini is my number two 10 on 10 mm-hmm. but a better 10 on 10 is number one stanconia and looking back at my top 10 list from season one mm-hmm I wouldn't remove Aquemini to put in Stankonia. Just, They'd both be there in my top 10 hip-hop albums of all time. So you would remove something out? Probably Ice Cube Death Certificate. Mm-hmm. So maybe when we were doing our, our, our season one, I was very into hip-hop. Stankonia was a bit too different. Way too different. Right way now, different. I've been struggling a bit with hip-hop. Stankonia hits the spot because it's not the everyday hip-hop album. No. Neither yes. is Aquemini. But I'm more in that Stanconia type of, you know. And that's outcast for everyone. Yeah. So tomorrow 
You're going to listen to... Stankonia. Stankonia for the 20th anniversary. And you're going to fucking understand the greatness of the greatest hip-hop group, yes. duo, tag team champions. Uh, at some point, they can even have... One of them can have the Intercontinental title, and the other one can have the heavyweight champion. Mm-hmm. But these guys are the... Steve, how do you go into the studio and think... And make albums like Stankonia and Equemini. How? Tell me where it works. How? It, it, it has a lot to do with being out of the time. And these guys are what made hip-hop so different. Yeah. And broke the boundaries and did all that that no, but no other artist would do. They're you, gotta, the, you gotta look a lot of, sorry, and I'm sorry to cut you off there, but you gotta look a lot about who they cite as their influences. Mm-hmm. When you look at Andre 3000, you're looking at a, a like a direct somebody who's taken from Prince, someone who's taken from Bowie, someone who's taken from George Clinton, someone who's taken from that type of artist. Parliament and all those people. Yeah, when you look at like Big Boy cites Kate Bush as his favorite artist. <laughs> That's crazy, yeah. Do you want to tell somebody who listens exclusively to hip hop and our podcast to go listen to Kate Bush? <laughs> Forget it. It's 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 it. who they absorbed they're they're fucking it's who they're influenced by that creates this machine that just puts out this fucking the greatest hip hop music of all time in my and, opinion. And the growth from album to album. Absolutely. How they use their voice as an instrument. How they went out there and got different musicians and curated such perfection in their music. Like when your albums change sound sonically overall from project to project, yeah, it's like, what else? What more can you ask for? This is what music is supposed to sound like. This is what hip hop is supposed to sound like. They are like the innovation and the influence these guys have. And, and honestly, like, outcast music is just is going to live forever. And at some point, it's just, you go back to it and you're just like, fuck, this grew so well. This sounds so amazing. Who's the only artist you'd say to date? I mean, we could talk about Outkast, their influence, their music for, but who's the only other artist you think gets anywhere near this? For me? No one's near this, but an artist that follows in these footsteps is Kendrick Lamar. Yeah. Nobody else. No, for sure. I agree with that. 110%. Even the Kanye's aren't. Kanye's ahead. Kanye's in his own lane. This is a very exclusive lane of artists that could do this. Yeah, and Kendrick Lamar has proven time and time again that he could like Outkast be different and grow musically throughout the albums. Mm-hmm. Not to end it off, unless you have something else to say. No, I think I'm good. It's time for ELE. <laughs> Buster Rhymes. ELE 2. That's how you want to end such a great episode? <laughs> yes, because it's time. It's I cannot wait for next week for us to fucking review that shit. Predict... Yeah. Predict, are you ripping it apart or are you praising it? 
I predict yeah. I am ripping it apart. You? Predict I'm ripping it apart. Cannot wait. I hope not. I, I hope, hope good. man, I hope I put it in. It's just, well, it's already a nine on 10 because of because that song. Single, so, so, so let's hope it doesn't go to a six or a five on 10. We'll see. But I can't believe. Okay. You just like the best, one of our best episodes, the thing we've been waiting for the most, you end with Busta Rhymes, Eli. So you ended with something. <laughs> I think you just sucked the joy out of this episode. So just press the button and we're done. See you next week, kids. See you next week.